poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson, and today is Tuesday, which means it's a very tactical day, and little cherry on top, 100th episode of Tactical Tuesday. The 100th tactical day. The 100th tactical day since the first tactical day. How does it feel, John? Feels good. I feel like I should, I should be congratulating you because I haven't been on all hundred episodes. But you no, a lot, have. a lot of thanks to go around. You know, thank you for these past seventy or so, and then the first Coach thirty Thomas with it Coach off. Thomas kicked it off. Yep. Um, Shoe has an episode in there. Shoe has one episode. He does. <laughs> he does have one episode in there. Um, shout out to the producer of Tactical Tuesday, Chris, who's listened to us talk about poker so much that he's actually taken up playing poker as a hobby. It, we, we wore off on him um, over time. He edited, mixed, and mastered so many of these episodes he started playing poker. It uh, doesn't seem like it's possible that I've done 100 of these episodes. You know, I guess that's like close to two years, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably almost exactly two years when you take out like the one-off weekends that are the one-off Tuesdays that we skip. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably been four or so. So taking a couple of years of tactical Tuesdays and yeah, very thankful, very grateful to the listener. Very just grateful for you. You know who we can't forget to thank Hmm. this time? Renee. Ah, we we left him out in the last one. I felt so bad. Yeah. Renee, who has put together the tactical Tuesday intro, the outro, the regular podcast episode intros, Philosophical Friday. All the cool ads that aren't interviews. Oh yeah, all the cool ads. You, you like for the listener, you really think that that would be like a thing that I could do? I can <laughs> I can promise you that any ad that sounds really cool is not done by me. It, it would be way worse, a billion times worse, if not for Renee. Um and so in light of this being the 100th episode of Tactical Tuesday, what do we have cooked up? Uh, we got an episode of some really big decisions. Um, nothing crazy depth-wise, but just big decisions for, for a stack. I think these are both cold four bet pots, which naturally just make for, I think, exciting hands. And hopefully... Yeah these two hands will be befitting of uh, the 100th episode of Tactical Tuesday. Yeah, and it's going to be released on election day. So again, the theme, thanks to Patrick Gaffney in Greatness Village, big decisions for election day. Get out there, cast your vote. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we, we were thanking Patrick on the 200th episode, depending on how these these uh, SEO recommendations go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you, have you early voted? Have you voted this year, John, or are you just going to? Not yet. I it? have all the stuff. I've gotten it all in the mail, but I just moved um, to a new state. So mm-hmm. that's like, I don't know. That's just been like, just trying to 
catch up on like all the stuff that's relevant to me locally is is gonna be a, a bunch of work. Yeah, yeah. I have early voted, so boom, suck on that. Doing my civic civic duty. civic duty of going to the library, which still exists, by the way. I didn't realize that libraries are still there, but they're they're going strong. They're way better than libraries when I was a kid. You can rent video games from the library and movies. It's just turned into like multi-purpose, <laughs> multi-purpose place. So in honor of libraries, early voting mm. and Patrick Gaffney and election day, what's, what's going to be this first hand? You want to break it down? Uh, so this first hand starts with me in the big wine, ace 10 suited. I think a reg opens in the cutoff. We're playing five ten no limit. Uh, 100 big blinds effective. Reg, reg opens cutoff, small blind, another reg, three bets, $220. Um, I decide to cold four, ace, ten of spades. Don't think this is, I don't think this is like out there or anything. I think this is just a pretty comfortable, normal cold four bet. Yeah. Um, this configuration where cutoff opens and small blind, three bets, I think is going to be pretty wide. Um, so, yeah. Just What do you mean by that configuration and wide? Um, I think the cutoff is opening a lot of hands. I think the small blind is aware that the cutoff is opening a lot of hands and is therefore likely going to be three betting um, quite a lot of hands. I think a, a tight configuration would be under the gun, opening not very many hands, the small blind knowing that under the gun doesn't open very many hands, and then uh, a three betting you know, yeah. very linearly or just very strong hands. That would be a tight configuration. I think this one is a, is a loose one. Yeah, tight and loose are relative to other positions in the same alignment so like a, a tight two bet would happen from under the gun and a loose two bet would happen from the button because uh, of the combos involved it all boils down to combos always um so you call like for small, blind, small blind, calls. blind calls anything surprising i mean i think the small blind's gonna call it pretty high frequency yeah so you got 770 behind. There's 490 in the pot. The flop is King 10 7 with two diamonds. I think, yeah, this is probably the first decision point for me. C bet range here, quarter versus checking back second pair. Mm -hmm. um, generally, I just default to C betting range, even in these spots, in, this, in these four bet pots, even with hands that are like somewhat uncomfortable to C bet, like middle pair i think when you're c betting super small when you're only betting a quarter uh doing it with range is totally acceptable and i think that it kind of simplifies the hand or it, at least for me it, it feels like it makes the hand a little bit easier to play when i start out with a c bet if i check back this flop and just face like bet bet or bet jam or something like that i'm just i'm, I'm like totally guessing um, well i guess let's start here um what do you think the range is that flats from the small blind Mm, it can be a lot of stuff. So I think, I don't think that there are a ton of traps. Like, I don't think like aces, kings, queens is like flatting a lot. I think out of all three of those hands, maybe aces, I would expect to be trapping the most. But even that, I don't see happening very often. I think those hands just rip. So I think that's like a region that I don't have to be too concerned about. I think ace, king rips. Um, so not concerned with him having top pair, top kicker here. Um, 
So like the next category of hands, I think are like suited broadways, like ace queen suited, ace jack suited, king queen suited, king jack suited, jack 10 suited mm-hmm. type hands. I think a lot of those hands call the cold four, especially the, the ace x uh, version of those hands. So like the ace queen suited, ace jack suited, I guess those two specifically, maybe even ace 10 suited um, mm-hmm. are very likely to call. I think king queen suited very likely calls. Um, not exactly sure what happens with a hand like queen jack or jack 10. Um, I would fold those hands facing a cold four. Pocket pairs, like jacks, tens, nines, eights, probably. Call uh, the yeah, four. mid-pocket pairs probably call the cold four a lot. Probably tens, jacks. Yeah, yeah. those, those mid- mid-pocket so pairs. So it's a fairly condensed range, right? That, yeah. That three bets then calls. And so I think that with your hand, your hand doesn't feel like the best of hands to bet the flop with. I would much rather bet with like queens and jacks mm. um, because you don't, yeah, because like when, when you have ace 10, you know, your hope, I'm not exactly sure what the hope is that they have, I guess, gut shots that they can call with. So like yeah. ace queen, ace jack, mm-hmm. and you have an ace, so you block those gut shots. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather not block those hands. And I also think that like you can check back ace king and aces. And I don't think it's like total disaster mode. Because SBR is like 1.5. Yeah. Um, just have a protected checkback range. Yeah. And, a very well protected checkback range with ace, king, yeah. and aces, and like a set of kings, even, or set of tens. Yeah. That's a good point. Like these cold four spots where I cold four and then I'm in position post flop. Maybe just checking back, like, and just, you know, telling myself, like, yeah, I could just check back aces here, get it in easily, or bluff catch easily, and just, and, you know, starting with that as my plan when I'm in position in the cold four pot is. Definitely makes sense now. Now yeah. that you, I don't yeah, think I mean, you I, need to to range back. Yeah, like I didn't really want to bet this hand. <laughs> yeah, like I I don't think it's necessary to bet because you do have natural hands that you can check back with, and it's not like, I, I mean, if you check back, the small blind is like has to imagine you have some ace king, probably queens and jacks, um, yep. maybe sets. So I don't think they're like inclined to go bet jam anyway at a high right. frequency. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And also, like, just another another argument for checking back is that if I do bet ace-10, I expect to get check jammed on by a pretty wide, or, you know, a decent range. Like, I think queen-jack, if he does flat the four bet with that hand, could just check jam this flop. You know, all the diamond draws are likely just going to check jam. <laughs> yeah, if you bet, I think you have to call the jam. Call the jam, ten, right? Because, <laughs> like, you, you block sets of tens, and then it's really hard for them to have a value jam range. Like, they're not jamming king-queen. Right. And we have eliminated ace-king. Ace so, yeah. yeah, they have, like, a set of sevens, maybe, and then, like, rarely king-ten, and then just, like, full avalanche of combo draws, Flush draws, diamonds, those type of hands. Yep. Okay. So I see, but small quarter get called. Yep. Six of clubs on the turn. It's a brick. Mm-hmm. Um, just gonna check if if uh, the small blind checks. Play rivers. I'm thinking about this turn. I'm guessing you're checking range back. Yeah, SPR one. I can't imagine too many hands that I'd want to bet here. Um, yeah. So, so like, let's sort of transpose what's happened here. If you check back range on the flop, you could probably bet a quarter on the turn and check back river. Mm-hmm. So like switching the actions from the, your flop and turn actions. Would you bet a quarter on the turn with ace then? If you check back the flop, I feel like I would check the turn and feel like bluff catching river or 
I don't know if I would value bet the river with Ace Ten if it got checked down. Honestly, I think you can bet a quarter and get called by worse. Probably the hands that would bluff the river, like Ace Queen Ace Jack. If I was trying to get called by Ace Queen Ace Jack, I feel like I'd I'd prefer to do it on the flop. Like I'm very sure that those hands call the flop. I'm not as sure that those hands call a quarter on the turn. Yeah, is it the end of the world if they fold? No, it's in not a quarter. I no. mean, I don't think that that's like the end of the world if Ace Queen Ace Jack folds. I mean, yeah. maybe it's just a spot where you just check back flop, check back turn, and then bet river small for value. Like that, that could be. That's what I think. I was like, would I bet a ten on the river value? Like, I'm just like hoping he has enough, like Queen Ten, Jack Ten. I think you have to. You have to bet a ten on the river for value because they most likely don't have queens. Your the hand that you value on yourself against would be um, jacks. Yep. And king queens probably going to bet themselves. Right. On the turn See, or like, the river. There just aren't very many hands that beat us by the time we get to the river with ace ten. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. Like Give it's hard an to opportunity to call with yeah. something. Give them a chance. Maybe to a call. hero with ace queen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Who knows. Yeah. Or maybe like eights or nines, right? Mm, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you check back the, the turn. There's 684 in the pot. The board now, for those listening on the podcast, you probably don't remember what the board is at this point. Uh, the flop was king, 10, 7, 2 diamonds. King, 10 of diamonds. Turn was the 6 of clubs. River is the 4 of hearts. So uh, river's a definite blank. Um, and the villain goes ahead and puts in all the monies. Not surprising. So now, essentially, they have fewer bluff catchers, <laughs> right? Uh, that they jam the river with. So now they're polarized. Um, it's a matter of. I think of this like, is like a really easy call, right? It feels really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got three combos of king queen. King queen. So and like, do, do some people? I bet some people don't even rip king queen here. Yeah, I agree. Where they bet King Queen like on an earlier street, like yeah. on the turn. So eh, I mean, he can't really bet the turn with King Queen because I be- I bet the flop. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, but they bet the river. Uh, right. I was <laughs> I, I got all confused because we talked about the merits of checking back. Um, forgot that you actually bet the flop. Yeah, yeah. So King Queen probably like bets the river at some frequency. Uh. The only thing that I'm worried about is like a lot of the bluffs that I'm hoping to pick off here. I sort of hope check raise the flop or like I think they check raise the flop. Right. And like I'm just hoping like, okay, maybe this guy just doesn't check raise flop frequently enough with, you know, but they're so obvious. Like, how could you not jam queen jack on the flop? Or well, I mean, like I'm, ace five of hearts mm, is a hand that like I think villain might have. Um, pretty ambitious calling the cold four with that. But yeah. Well, I mean, we're just, we're trying to find something like, I think ace queen, like all the ace queen combos are there, whether they, you know, jam the river with all of them or not is another question. Right. Like, so it's like ace queen, like probably check raises the flop, ace queen of diamonds, right? Yeah, but they have other combos of ace queen. Only the suited ones, I think. Yeah, maybe ace jack suited too. Yeah, ace jack suited, yeah. What about like, I think eights and nines are still there. Like, I think mm-hmm. those hands can turn themselves into bluffs on the river. They're yeah. third pair trying to fold out like jacks and queens. Yeah. Queens, yeah. Maybe even 10x, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, you know, when we can reduce villains available value to probably three combos plus some slow played aces, 
it just feels like it's a pretty trivial call. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think there's a spot where like, it kind of looks on the surface, like, Oh my God, I'm playing a four bet pot and I have second pair. Like how can I call a jam on the river? Um, but maybe they have like seven, eight too, or nine, 10. I guess they would have eight, they nine. Have eight, nine then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, they have four extra value combos. Uh, if we go there, but no, I, yeah, I think you just call the river and move on. Big day, big decision for election day. What happened? We call the 672 on the river. I don't want to show this. Ace Jack, Ace Jack of Hearts. Yep. Totally reasonable, reasonable hand that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Hand number one in the books. Stick around after the break. Maybe we'll actually have a big decision with hand number two. <laughs> Stick around. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Reflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. Before boot camp, I had been playing for maybe 15 years, somewhat seriously, always trying to get better, jumping from learning program to different learning programs and training site to training site. Kind of feeling a little bit lost, not really knowing how to go about getting better. And preflop boot camp just felt like a great starting point, a way for me to to move from being a losing player to, to possibly a winning player. It felt like the right first step. Once you jumped in boot camp, what was your experience like? Well, first off, I realized that I'd been making a lot of mistakes prior to boot camp, kind of learning what ranges should look like and what hands should be played in what situations. You know, it was it was exciting because I I could see what other people had been doing to me, what kind of what I had been missing in my game. And then from there, just the whole camaraderie of everybody that's um, signed up, working together, trying to achieve that goal. You know, that that was fun. That's uh, pushing each other and really helping uh, one another, kind of feeling like you're a part of a team. It was uh, it was a great experience. I, I enjoyed the process and I learned a lot. What was your experience like playing cards post bootcamp? It's a totally different experience. You know, it put me in a position to be successful as opposed to always being behind the eight ball and, and playing catch up. Um, I really feel like it's it's the foundation of, of a solid poker game. And uh, since boot camp, I've been able to, to turn a profit and keep building on what I learned there. You know, being able to go back into the group and uh, re- really work together even after boot camp was over, it's it's been awesome. What's your sample size of winning post boot camp? I think I have 70,000 hands played by now, you know, I'm a father and I have a job, so I'm not a, a professional player by any means. That's my sample size. Preflop Bootcamp is the flagship Chasing Poker Greatness training program. If you'd like to dramatically upgrade your preflop game, a new bootcamp launches on the last Saturday of every single month. 
The price is $199 and your link to join is ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp, all one word, or you can click through in the description box of this episode. All right. Welcome back from your hundredth break that you have experienced listening to Tactical Tuesday over these last couple of years. I hope you enjoyed the break. I hope you listened to the ads and they compelled you to buy all the CPG courses and support mine and John's very difficult work. Of I mean, I have to, one, one day a week, I have to get together with this guy and break down hand histories. You know how... For like an hour. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's multiple hours. Yeah. Because nothing ever works correctly on the first attempt. And then, like, you know how hard that is? Like, just... I need to go fund me, actually. <laughs> don't, even, don't even buy the courses. Just, just <laughs> give me money for my hardships of having to deal with John. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both here for community service. <laughs> <laughs> John has to deal with my abuse. If you, if you, um, you know, invest in the GoFundMe, don't worry. I'll give John a percent. I I promise that'll happen. Five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) 0.5%. No, there's no GoFundMe, but I do think you should buy the courses because, well, you want to learn how to play poker better because you're listening to this show. Um, what do we have? For this big cold decision. force. I got this starts this thing goes off the rails pre-flop. All right. Which is rare, right? For tactical Tuesday. Like I almost never bring in one of these. Yeah. Those hit the uh, the trunk, as they say, like in books when an author like writes writes a book that is just unpublishable, that the unmarketable. The publisher's like, yep, nobody's ever going to read this. This is not great. Yep. They're called trunk. I kind of wanted to do that with this hand. This is, yeah. I this think is this is a punt. Trunk hand. Just flush it down the toilet. <laughs> so we have a cold four with an eight and a nine of diamonds. Um, I guess anything to say for yourself? Nope. <laughs> I have let's nothing just, to say. Let's just zoom myself. past this part of the hand. Oh, 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 we're on the flop. Yeah. I don't know why there's so much money in there, but. All right. All right. So here we are. There's $485 in the pot. You get a pretty good flop. Like yeah, this all is things a, considered, this is it's a, probably a top 15% flop. Yeah. Um, the queen seven three with a queen seven of diamonds. So you got a front door flush draw, back door flush draw, back door trips draw. You got the world. Back door flush draw, back door straight draw. Back door straight draw. Yeah. Front yeah. door flush draw. So front you flop the nine draw. high. Front door pair draw. Yes, you have you full complement of draws. Um, 485 in the pot. You've got 834. Uh, picking backing off the hand that we just analyzed. You're probably range betting here for a quarter on the flop. Yeah, I'm just ha- I'm happy to do it here. This is like slam dunk. Let's. You actually went a fifth. It looks like 20 percent. And villain raises you. <laughs> now what? Huh, that, that was. I was like, "Wow! I don't know if I've ever had a nine high flush draw in a four bet pot." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So my, my first instinct was just like, oh, I have a flush draw, like low SPR, just jam. How bad could it be? And then I started thinking about what types of hands villain might call the cold four with and find a raise facing the Z. But I mean, just finding the raise is is kind of weird, right? Like, I don't, this is far from what I expected. Like, this is, it's a rare occurrence to say the least. I don't think they should be raising. Yeah, like what hands am I like? Like even if you know they have the preflop traps, aces and kings, I don't think they should raise those. Um, I just the only hands I could imagine raising would be bigger flush draws that are bigger than mine. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, like that's maybe some like I mean maybe it could be a cheap bluff, right? Like just investing 270 to win like 600 with yeah. some like backdoor ace jack ace 10 of spades or yeah maybe i just fold my black ace king here sure ace five suited sure i mean i definitely have like ace jack suited here ace 10 suited so yeah so yeah tons of hands that i could fold yeah so i think like it's probably one of those two things you know they have like ace jack ace 10 of diamonds king jack of diamonds Ace five of diamonds, and then some like just uh, relatively cheapish bluffs that they're trying to realize full equity with. I was really worried that like so like I didn't know if they had those cheapish cheapish bluffs. I thought that this raising range was going to be like a lot of those like mostly those flush draws, and then maybe some like preflop traps like aces and kings that. Uh, we we agree that they shouldn't raise, but maybe for some reason just just raise facing a C bet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe do something. Maybe they raise with, like with top queen, set, ace yeah, queen, or ace queen or something. Like I don't know. Like there's okay, so there's like some made hand region that that's obviously like we're not doing too well versus that with nine eight of diamonds. But the region that we're doing even worse versus is like the better flush draw region. So. You sh- you would be happy to see aces when they snap. Right, I- I'm like, <laughs> if I jam here and he snaps, I'm like, God, I hope he has aces. Yeah, yeah. Don't have ace jack of diamonds, please, sir. Yeah, or or top set somehow if you if you decide to raise. Yeah, exactly. So like, aces, ace queen are sort of the hands that I'm really praying to see if I do jam. But like, I think we should just get to the like. Should I even jam? Should I? I, I think I should very seriously consider folding here. No chance. Folding folding is insane, dude. Like. You so be, you're like sure that they have some of those air balls? Because if they don't have any of those air balls, why you know, are you outright eliminating calling? You're getting almost five to one to call. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We could call. like folding is like folding would be criminal. Like you'd be barred from the next hundred episodes of Tactical Tuesday if you folded yeah, yeah, the flop. Don't fucking worry. Five to one. <laughs> I know you don't, but like <laughs> we, we shouldn't skip over the option of calling versus jamming right like i think calling is quite reasonable because you actually have a lot of hands that cold four then call the raise like aces and kings that i don't think you jam with ace queen i don't think you jam with sets of queens i don't think you jam with i feel like i would jam those hands you just bet three bet aces and kings and ace queen yeah just like i i don't i didn't i do not expect the button to have those like random cheap bluffs that you did and so like I would jam those hands, which is why I think like, <laughs> like jamming nine eight or like any any flush draw here that's like not a nut flush draw could just be torching. Yeah, I don't think you can have it both ways of like jamming with eight nine, and also jamming with aces. Oh, because... oh, I, 
I think if I should take one of those out, it should be the eight nine. <laughs> I don't think so. I agree that you can't have it both ways. By the way, like I, I know what you're saying. It's like you can't jam aces and like think that that's great, and then because they're always gonna be like, call. That's great too. Yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. they're always gonna call when I jam with aces, right? Because they have like tons of flush draws. But then I also get to jam with nine eight of diamonds because right. I don't know why. Like you'd be if you're jamming with eight nine of diamonds, I think you should be calling with aces. Correct. Under the assumption that you know, they have enough random hands that you want to let them put more money in with. Yeah. I think like given my, my like perception of the situation, that's what I should be doing. Flatting aces and, or sorry, jamming aces and folding, or I guess calling the nine, eight. I think you should just call aces. Like you have aces with the, okay, the okay, ace yeah, of yeah. diamonds. You're just going to like jam the flop. I mean, right, and just the difference is that like, I don't think they have like, I don't think they have folds after this race is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, all right. Let's see what happens. Uh, I assume you're going to jam, right? That's, I don't that's... know why I jammed, dude. I think this is just like a punt. I was just like, well, I hope he has aces. <laughs> uh, you got to get your freaking DJ in here. You have, <laughs> I have flush draw. I'm, I'm not folding flush draw. I'm never folding the flush draw. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I meant. I was like, well, I have a flush draw, and like that's doing okay versus like aces. Oh, I mean, kings actually, and ace like there's eight fifty one in the pot. You've got seven thirty seven, so you're getting over two to one with your flush draw anyway. You just better hope that they don't have a higher flush draw. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think calling is like highly preferred, and then if Flynn checks back man. turn, you just jam river. Okay. I just and think then, your like, range doesn't. I, doesn't want to jam. Like Do you fold versus a, like a quarter on the turn? I don't know what what I should be expecting if dude, I call here. versus a quarter on the turn. You're getting five to one <laughs> with a flush draw. Like holy yeah, shit! Yeah. Like what is this? Like pot odds one hundred and one here? I don't know. <laughs> I just like I'm just thinking of like what's gonna happen on the turn when I call this raise. Like, do I just get jammed on a lot? Should I expect to see a small size? Like what? Or you just don't care, right? You're like, well, if I'm getting the right price, I call with my nine high diamonds, and if I'm not getting the right price, I just I fold. And if I have aces, I call. And kings and ace queen, and I just call. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I can get on board with it. You jammed. And, and they he folded. Have, yeah. Which means... I'm wrong. What? I should flat aces and call the 9-8 of diamonds. I don't think they're going to like... <laughs> I think if they're like trying to realize fold equity, this is the shot. Against like 8-9 of hearts, 8-9 of spades. If you have eight nine diamonds here, on eight nine. well, I'm saying, well, I'm not saying that he's putting you on eight nine, but what I'm saying is you have eight nine, and therefore, <laughs> if you have eight nine of diamonds, you have eight nine of hearts and clubs, um, and spades, of which you fold all of those. And if you're betting mm. range, if you're four betting so wide, if you're cold four betting so wide, and then betting range with quarter, this yep. raise is just going to print. Okay, any, that, any that was going that, that one that that was going to be like the last thing I want to talk about in this hand was that. This made me want to like raise a little bit more facing C bets and four bet pots. So I think everybody just range bets the same way that I do, or most everybody just bets range. They're risking two seventy to win, right? You don't like, even have to go that big, yeah. And yeah. like, what am I going to do here with like King Jack of Hearts or Ace Jack of Clubs or no. all the all the hands that I have that code for and don't connect with? This yeah, board? I think it's a good race. I think it's smart. Yeah, this I think a, it's pretty this cool. is a, a winning bet that they placed here. So. Kudos to Villain, but unfortunately, he ran into 
ran into the buzz. The, flush the, the buzz saw that, that's not going to fold the flush draw. Um, I'm not going to call either. <laughs> and they had the ace five of clubs. They did have the cheap bluff, which means they have a very wide raise range here on the flop, most likely. Yeah, I remember jamming. They didn't snap, and I was like, "Whoa!" And then you folded, and I was like, "Whoa! What is happening?" <laughs> it's so funny that you would jam with a nine high flush draw with the expectation that they're going to snap. Like when that happens, is there not like this internal thought of, "Hmm, maybe"? <laughs> I said maybe. at the beginning of the set, "I think this is a punt." <laughs> All right, that's fair. Fair. Well, big decision. You blundered it. Congratulations. Hope the listener learned something in this 100th episode of Technical Tuesday. Uh, I, I just realized that I just said, told everybody to go vote, but by the time they listen to this, it's going to be election day. So <laughs> it doesn't matter whether or not they, they hear this episode or like, it's going to have no impact on whether or not anybody votes. Eh, who knows? Maybe if this airs early enough on Tuesday, someone can. Yeah, maybe they'll vote. I don't even know. It's Get like, in there at the last second. Yep, they've they've been waiting. They were on the fence, but yeah. this episode. Let me watch Sexual Tuesday first before I decide. Oh my to god! Go I, I now I got to go vote. I yeah. gotta. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.